from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. If Judge Beatum's concerns were legitimate, should that lawsuit have stopped this from being on the ballot? Well, it's pretty nuanced. Um, Beatum seems to believe that there is uh, still left for analysis the question of whether, as a practical matter, maybe not as a, as a pure legal matter, but as a practical matter, the amendment that was passed requires an appropriation. We, we think the Supreme Court's going to say that that practical matter analysis is not, not really appropriate. You don't really do that. But even if they do, uh, we don't think that there's any evidence here that, that it requires an appropriation. His position on funding, I believe he calls it uh, semantic gymnastics. I think I've got that right. Semantic and uh, legal gymnastics. Yeah, that's kind of harsh on them. Um, a little on the harsh side, right? So I'm Sarah Fenske. Last summer, Missouri voters approved a constitutional amendment to expand the state's Medicaid offerings. But lawmakers refused to fund the program. Naturally, proponents of the expansion sued. Yesterday brought bad news for their effort. Cole County Circuit Court Judge John Beatum ruled against the group seeking to make sure the program is expanded and ruled in favor of the state of Missouri. But the fight isn't over yet, not by a long shot. And joining us today to explain what comes next is Chuck Hatfield. He's a partner at Stinson and an attorney for the people who sued to expand Medicaid in Missouri. Chuck, welcome. Thanks, Sarah. So, Chuck, yesterday was not the outcome you'd hoped for. Were you surprised by Judge Beatum's ruling? I was surprised by Judge Beatum's ruling. You know, you know, usually um, we kind of consider the various options and try to not be surprised. But what Judge Beatum did yesterday is really decided uh, something a little different than we argued. You know, our argument was about whether the constitutional amendment the people passed was funded or not, and whether it needed to be funded. Judge Beatum decided that the whole amendment was unconstitutional from the get-go. And that wasn't even something the state was arguing. That's right. The state did not raise that issue. Um, I think we believed, uh, everyone, including the lawyers for the state, believed that the issue of constitutionality of Medicaid expansion had been litigated before we all voted. Uh, there was a case taken up at the Western District Court of Appeals that Judge Beatum discusses in his opinion. Uh, we think that resolved it. Um, Judge Beatum did not. And um, we'll see if the Supreme Court agrees. Yeah, I mean, there was some fascinating language in his ruling here. He writes, if Amendment 2 was validly enacted, the plaintiffs are absolutely right, meaning you. Um, does that give you some hope to know that if this was validly enacted, you're in the clear. He's just saying it's not validly enacted. Um, yes, I think it does give us some hope. Um, I think the next sentence of the ruling also gave us a lot of hope where he says that the state's position on funding, I believe he calls it uh, semantic gymnastics. I think I've got that right. Semantic and uh, legal gymnastics. Yeah, that's kind of harsh on them. A um, little on the harsh side, right? So I think uh, yes, he, he said, I agree with the plaintiffs, I disagree with the state, but I'm going to go back and look at whether the thing was validly enacted. And, and in some ways, you know, I'm a glasses half full kind of guy. I think he did us a favor because we can now go straight to the Missouri Supreme Court 
Um, the way we presented the case, we thought we'd have to go to the Court of Appeals. It really wasn't a constitutional issue. It was just an issue of funding. Um, but now that Judge Beatum has found a provision of the Constitution to itself be unconstitutional, we believe we can go straight to the Supreme Court. Uh, we filed an appeal there yesterday, uh, and the state has agreed to an expedited briefing schedule that should have it presented to the court by the end of July. So the state is not trying to argue that um, you have to go to the appellate court first? You're just straight on to the Supreme Court at this point? So it's possible they'd still raise the issue. Um, our initial conversations uh, with the state's lawyers are that they agree uh, that this case should go to the Supreme Court, but I don't want to speak for them, right? Okay. So that, that is my understanding, that we're all in agreement to go to the Supreme Court. You know, it makes a lot of sense, Sarah. We ought to get this over with. The, the folks waiting for Medicaid deserve to know. If they're not going to get Medicaid, let's just tell them and have it done. Um, if they are going to get Medicaid, let's let them know. You go to the Court of Appeals, then there's another round of do we go to the Supreme Court or not. This way, we sort of sort of skip the playoffs and head straight to the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, it does make a lot of sense when you put it that way. We're ready for the Super Bowl on this question. But I have to come back to the fact that this was supposedly litigated last spring, this question of whether or not um, this ballot initiative was constitutional. As you mentioned, there was a lawsuit over this. This was Katie versus Ashcroft. If Judge Beatum's concerns were legitimate, should that lawsuit have stopped this from being on the ballot? Well, it's pretty nuanced. Um, Judge Beatum uh, says, as you probably noticed in the opinion, that what the Katie case addressed was pre-election, what, what, we, judge, what we lawyers call facial unconstitutionality. Mm-hmm. And Judge Beatum seems to believe that there is uh, still left for analysis the question of whether, as a practical matter, maybe not as a, as a pure legal matter, but as a practical matter, the amendment that was passed requires an appropriation. We, we think the Supreme Court's going to say that that practical matter analysis is not, not really appropriate. You don't really do that. But even if they do, uh, we don't think that there's any evidence here that, that it requires an appropriation. You know, the state's going to save some money um, by expanding Medicaid because the federal government's going to match a 90-10 rate and I could go on about that, but there is some evidence out there that it's at least going to be cost-neutral, if not a moneymaker. So they just have to put some seed money in to get this thing going, and you're saying from there, you feel pretty good this thing is going to pay for itself. Yes, yes. Is that something that the Missouri Supreme Court could look at when they are trying to decide the constitutionality of this ballot question that we all voted on a year ago? Something they could. I think it's unlikely. But one of the problems we have in this case, as you pointed out, is nobody anticipated this issue, right, Mm -hmm. that it unconstitutionally appropriates. So there wasn't a lot of discussion about what you and I just talked about, you know, at the trial court. And the Supreme Court usually, you know, constrains itself to what what was at the trial court. So that'll be something we'll have to work through in the briefing. Um, We're still... You know, we're still in the process of writing that, and we'll have to see what the state's arguments are. That's so interesting. So normally they'd constrain themselves to what was covered in trial, and it turns out the question that everybody's now grappling with is totally different than what was largely debated at this trial. That's right. I mean, it's not the first time I've ever seen that happen, but it's very, very unusual that you have a decision that 
addresses an issue that neither party raised. Hmm. Well, this is just, you know, we're in such unprecedented waters here, and there's so much at stake here. We're talking about 275,000 Missourians who will be eligible for coverage if you win. They will not get this coverage if your opponents win. And also a a lot of money, mostly covered by the feds, as you mentioned. Um, For people who are just tuning into this, haven't really thought much about this issue, tell us just a little bit about your clients in this case and why this matters to them. Right. So Medicaid expansion uh, still covers people who, you know, don't have very high income levels at all. We're talking about just slightly above the poverty level. Um, There are real people involved here. Um, Our three clients were uh, identified by Legal Services of Eastern Missouri, which is there in St. Louis and is uh, dedicated to uh, assisting needy people with their legal issues. They do a great job. Um, One of our clients, for example, has pretty severe asthma. And so she needs constant asthma medication. Um, You know, that's expensive. Um, And she doesn't qualify for Medicaid currently. She makes slightly too much money uh, to be on Medicaid. But um, she's a full-time single mom uh, who, like I said, is slightly above poverty. Another one of our clients has type 1 diabetes. um, And she also needs uh, a surgery um, I don't have that document in front of me, but she needs a surgery, and she has type 1, so she needs pharmacy treatment. She needs to see a physician. You know, there are a lot of people out there who are skipping medical treatment because they simply can't afford it. And um, for them, uh, being able to do what the voters approved, which is access uh, Medicaid, primarily funded by the federal government, is is really literally life-saving. Well, as you attempt to resolve this question in court, as you mentioned, you're going straight to the Super Bowl. Remind us of what the timeline is here for this process in front of you. So we're filing a, um, the timeline is really what the court sets. Um, We have agreed, and the Attorney General's Office has agreed with us, that we'll ask the court for an expedited briefing schedule. Um, They're actually finalizing that right now. But Mm -hmm. Basically, um, we, as the losing party, will file our briefs uh, next week. Then uh, the state will file briefs, you know, a week or so after that. I, um, we're still working out the details. But we intend to have all the briefing done and the court uh, presented to the court so that we could argue it the week of July 12th um, um, or somewhere in there. Okay. Well, I know we're going to stay on top of this story. We appreciate so much you making the time to fill us in this morning. Well, thanks for uh, doing the story. It's important. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.